RadioInfluence.com. Everyone and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. Tis Wednesday, and we're getting close to Christmas. It's the 14th, which means that what? We're two weeks away, maybe? From Christmas? Yeah. Ten days away? We, yeah, we're we're about ten days away. Yep. It all falls on a weekend this year. Which is cool. Yes. I like that. My kids get off for like ever. They have off. From next week all the way through January 2nd. They have two weeks off. I have to take off at least the, it's either going to be Monday the 26th or Tuesday the 27th for my mother's birthday. I don't know. When is your mother's birthday? It's the 27th, right? 27th. Yeah, my mom's is the 26th. Yeah, I I can't, I can't, you like holidays, you think holidays on the weekend are cool. I think that they're the biggest waste Oh, the waste. Well. <laughs> like a snow, it's like a snow day on a weekend. You can't have that. So there's got to be something that you get out of it. There's got to be an extended rest time. So, Well, we'll decide. We'll figure it yeah. out. Um, very busy show today of a, a saga that has taken place over the past couple of days that I would like to share with everybody, including you, Frank. Okay. Before we begin, I would like to say hello and a big warm hug and get well and i love you to uh reporter adam carter's mom georgia lee who is a beautiful specimen a wonderful woman and i wanted to give her a huge shout out before we start this big segment on her son because it's just so apt okay so rich barris friend of the show friend of yours friend of mine right yes um the the consummate professional always gets it right for the most part had a segment on his podcast where he said he was in the Maricopa County Counting Center and he took a photo of a map that was on the wall. And it was a map of, it was a heat map of concentrations of Republican voters in Maricopa County. Now, why you would want to have something like that in a vote count, in a counting center, in a tabulation center is beyond me. So on screen- And there's there's nothing for- Democrat heat maps or anything like that. (laughs) That's where it gets interesting, Frank. (laughs) So Adam sees this and he's like, we need to write about this. This is super important. Let me put a column together about his podcast and let's get it out there. Right. So he did. He put this great column, relatively short, 800 or so words out about the podcast, explained why it's important. Um, Rich Barris had gone around and called other people and said, you know, is this normal for a counting center or for any election center in general? And everyone basically, a couple of people said, no, it's not relevant. We count votes. We don't predict where they come from. Like, why why would you need to know the, the concentration of voters by party? There was another map off to the right of this that looked like it was blue. And Rich said, actually, no, that map is not a heat map like this one we're showing in the photo here. That's the locations of drop boxes on the right of this. So he also went on to say that it's it's really expensive to have something like that done. Um, this this map represented 2020, but it was it was proudly displayed there where they calibrate the tabulation machines and all kinds of other stuff 
and, and send them on out there. And he goes into detail in this column. Um, there were no malfunctions of anything in the blue areas, remember? None. They overlaid it. He overlaid the problem areas with that map. He did all the work, Rich, right? So we were like, wow, this is, this is something. Not only that, but like I was saying, the cost of this map to produce is ridiculous. Where are they getting that budget money from to produce a map? Like here, like Rich said, if I handed you a, a row, like a, a sheet with like whatever, 500 tables in it to, to produce this and ask you to do it for me from experience, I know as my job, Rich is saying, that this is going to cost a fortune. So the day went on and we had a little bit of pushback, but the article really <laughs> went viral, like Viral. Carrie Lake War Room picked it up. Mark Fincham picked it up. Rasmussen picked it up. Citizen Free Press had it. It was everywhere. Every I saw I saw the map thing trending. I didn't know that, that was you guys. It, it was it was. It was us. It was us. It was Adam. It was all Adam. It was Adam's I it was Adam's idea. <laughs> it was Adam's idea. It was Adam's column. It was a great one. It was fantastic. Great story. Really awesome look inside. Coming from a friend who we know knows his crap. Why the hell they leave it up all this time later? I mean, great question. Great question. Oh, hold on. Um, Adam is saying that he needs to issue a correction. Stay tuned. So I don't know what that means, but he's in our chat. He's in our chat right now. So later on in the day, it turned out that there was an update to the story. They did have a Democrat heat map. That map next to the Republican heat map was actually a Democrat heat map. Okay. And so everybody on the, the, the left, when our original column came out, like, I mean, everybody on the left up through like major news networks were all like what Adam called it was the opposite of Republicans pounce. It was Democrat pounce which I thought was ingenious because they pounced all over the fact that there was also a blue heat map next to the red one that showed where Democrat voters vote. So therefore, they were being bipartisan, blah, 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 completely ignoring the fact that, the, 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 that they had the blue map made it worse for, for them. It doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. Yeah, no, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, because all it does is continue to, it continues to, to display how there are such partisan hyper focusing on an election that's supposed to just be hey let the people do what they're going to do when they go to the voting booth and let's just make that uh make sure that this is just a run smoothly for everybody there should be no recognition of party affiliation and heat mapping at all at all it shouldn't not, exist not, not from them at least it's, it's a you know political parties themselves are going to canvas they're going to understand where their goals are for you know going door to door and 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 uh and, and campaigning and stuff, parties need to do that stuff. But the government, no. No, no, especially not a accounting center, for goodness sakes. So when Barris shared the picture on his podcast, he stated, and for people who say, oh, I think the Democrat map is to the right, it's not. That's not a map of Democrat voting in Maricopa County. If I remember correctly, that was a map of early drop locations and where there were drop boxes from 2020. If I remember correctly that's what it was but no there is no democrat election day map now that's what he said that's what we were going off of he was incorrect fine 
Since our story was first published, Adam says, photos have emerged of the full blue shaded map off to the right of Barris's original photograph. It appears to, in fact, be a comparable heat map showing general election 2020 in-person Democrat voter turnout. In a sort of inverse Republicans pounce reaction, Hobbs supporters are using the existence of the Democrat map to attack and discredit the story as a whole. As we noted in our original column, this was an interesting but immaterial detail to the story. There's no valid reason to need to track where voters would be expected to turn out by party, period. And even if there was a map for Democrats, as Barris said in his podcast, it wouldn't matter because why would a county allocate resources to learn something like this? And did you really just think it's a dink that the problems were concentrated in the areas that tend to be more heavily Republican? The other issue is the cost of it. Again, the cost now goes times two. Why are they spending the money for something like this? Why mm. are they spending the money now? Our about page has a very interesting statement on it. That we never will rush to be first, but work hard to always be factually correct. And in the event that an error is made, we pledge to issue timely corrections and ensure those corrections are front and center, receiving as much attention as the original story. I think a correction is more important than the initial story that went firebomb. It, if you're wrong in the initial story about something, you would better make damn sure that it gets as much attention as your original story did. So we published very late at night, Adam's correction, with an editor's note at the very top that the story had been updated and where you could find it. Fine. Well, that wasn't the last of it, Frank. Because well. <laughs> Because Aaron Blake from the Washington Post who has uh -oh. literally zero engagement on his tweets, I just have to tell you, popped up all over this. Carrie's La Carrie Lake's War Room deleted their initial tweet with our article in it because it was there was a little bit of a factoid that wasn't 100 in, in there. M immaterial, in my opinion, to the story. I think that the second map makes it even worse than the first one, just on its own, <laughs> just personally. But anyway... Fincham hasn't deleted it, but what they say is Carrie Lake's war room and Mark, Finch Mark Fincham tweeted conspiratorially that Maricopa County had a heat map of GOP voters, but not Democrat ones. It, it assured the blue map just off camera wasn't another heat map of Dems, but it was another heat map of Dems, right? Fine. Then he shared our article, like linked to it. He says, Lake's War Room has deleted the tweet. Fincham hasn't. The blog post this was based on has acknowledged the claim was wrong. Now, Uncovered DC is not a blog, first of all, but whatever. What I found interesting about it was, how are you going to attack an institution or journal, a media company who has done a correction on a story? You can't. Like, if you were to come out slamming us, then he would look like a moron because we did what we were supposed to do as journalists. Unlike the Washington freaking Post who went lamb on the nuclear secrets at, at Mar-a-Lago story and everything else over the past gosh knows how many years. So there's some journalistic integrity going on at Uncover DC, unlike the Washington Post. Long story they, short. They, 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 love, they love throwing that little thing in there about uh, a, a publication's funding that is where all of the, that's where all the rubber meets the road. You're just a blog. Uh, <laughs> there's no, 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 no good cohesive thought could ever come out of a blog. I get most of my ideas 
from blogs. For conversations on my show from <laughs> blogs of people who who write just from the heart and they get things so laser focused in an awesome place. Uh, I mean, it's the, it's the it's some of the greatest reading on the internet if you spend enough time, you know, finding these play. Obviously, it takes years to find places that you like. But I, I hate that as a pejorative in itself. Yeah, I mean, it's stupid, but you could then call, I guess, every Substack author a blogger. It right? is a blog. I mean, not really. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a blog. I, I wouldn't look at it as a blog. A blog but, to me is what? No, I, well, what, what, what's what's a blog? Well, I'm going to get the definition. It's, it's, I, I just see it as a the, as the platform. It's a, it's a digital it's a digital platform. I guess it, it can all be written article length. But what, what's a, what's an article? Before we before we go on to that, Adam is telling us first of all that whole thing about a correction that he said was a joke that I just whoosh, went right over my head. Second of all, he's saying Maricopa County itself sent out the subsequent pictures. So like when anybody ever doubts the importance of independent journalism or doubts that you have any power when it comes to I always tell everyone always saying like oh what's the difference nothing's ever gonna happen blah 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 because so many people shared that column because so many people read it and shared it Maricopa County themselves were forced to respond to it Frank they had to respond to it like you guys did that you did it that's Major, in my opinion, that's major. Like when an article that we write that is poignant and 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 factual and you know good gets goes viral, you guys share it, it goes wide, and then the actual institution is forced to respond to it. That's a win, regardless. Um, what's a blog, Frank? Well, I have one uh, a noun from. Let's see. A website that, is, that displays postings by one or more individuals in chronological order and usually has links to comments on specific postings. So, uh, I, I'm, so it, I mean, that that in itself, I, I don't know. Here's another one from dictionary.com, which we can't really trust the dictionaries these days since mm -hmm. now they're in the uh, in the the gender bending business, even though. Uh, that's the encore to them rewriting what a vaccine is a website containing a writer's or a group of writers own experiences observations opinions etc and often having images and links to other websites uh, or a single entry or a post on such a website so i don't consider what we do a blog a blog is personal we don't write personal entries about things like in my opinion a blog is considered something personal this dude Aaron Blake was obviously trying to use it to downgrade us and make us not what we are which is fine whatever right. it's the freaking Washington Post like I give a crap but we're not a blog we're not a blog a blog would be if I had like five opinion writers that only wrote about their personal life or you know, some kind of an aspect of some politics that affected them directly. That's what I consider a blog. I don't know. Not that that make, makes it less than, it's just not what we're doing. Right, like I said, it's, 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 it's a way to undercut a person's credibility. Then we had this happen, Frank, which I thought was great. Good old Kane on the Charlie Kirk show. Let's take a listen. Hold on, let me make sure the volume's up here to what he had to say. One by would have, in a fair thing, would have won by thousands. And one last thing I'll say, Tracy Beans at Uncovered DC has two great articles in the last 24 hours about a heat map 
a, a Maricopa County vote expected Republican and Democratic voter heat map that they had it plastered on the walls. And apparently those things, according to Rich Barris, are super expensive to produce. And they just raise more questions about, yes. you know, look, the conspiracy guy in all of us is saying they knew that we were going to turn out big on Election Day in Maricopa. And did anybody, was there someone, a rogue actor with those tabulators? Yep. You know, was somebody screwing with something just to make our lives more difficult? Stay right there, Kane. Phenomenal commentary. It's it so thank you, Kane. You are wonderful. I can't explain to you guys in words how amazing they are over there. If you're not going to Citizen Free Press every day, you are sincerely missing out. You know, Frank, you've become a regular. Absolutely. A regular. Let me just show it to you in case you are new to Citizen Free Press. Hold on. It is old school, just aggregated, no advertising, long ass stack of news that you want to know. There is nothing on here that is useless. Nothing. The way they collate this and they do it, look at how much you can get. If you want to know what the hell is going on at any given time during the day, it's here. It's here immediately. Immediately. Very quick. They they link to a lot of popular shows. They they talk about like there's an open thread. The people here are like a big family if you're going to comment on things. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he has taken to he has taken to putting our work up there. And I think that I, it's been game changing for us. Game changing because so many more people are seeing it. That's not why I'm saying this. I was a huge fan. The first time I got posted on Citizen Free Press, I nearly lost my mind. I was so excited because I use this every day. It, it, anyway, before I- Oh, I saw, I used to, I saw, oh, damn, there's Tracy. He puts me up there by name now, which is like, like, oh my gosh. No. It's crazy. It's really, really, really something. It, it's, it's, it always feels good, Frank, to be recognized for something that you've literally poured your heart and soul into, like every ounce of yourself. I'm always happy when my friends get recognition for things that they did. It's 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 something else. So I, I see that it's Georgia Lee's happy birthday. It's her birthday today. And so that's Adam's mom. Happy birthday. Your son is an amazing guy with like more integrity in his little finger than most people have in their entire body. I'm blessed to know him. I'm honored to publish his work. And you did a good job with that egg. So congratulations to you. And Adam, if, if you are listening to this, once you're not red anymore, there's a unicorn waiting for you at New Year's Eve. So that's all I'll say about that. What the hell's that mean? <laughs> he loves this unicorn float. You've never seen him on it? <laughs> Is that the unicorn float that makes it to the, uh, the pool at the, uh, the whatchamacallit? Yeah. At, at, the, at the, the extravaganza. extravaganza. Absolutely. Oh, I've seen that. Aurora was, was pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. From the deck. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's In it. fact, uh, uh, Lauren has to go bring Aurora back to Michael's today, um, the craft store. Mm -hmm. you, have, you have any of those down there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she has to bring Aurora back to the craft store today to return a small little unicorn that she walked out of the store with the other day. <gasps> we oh. got she, she got home. She had to buy some stuff. She was making some things for Christmas. And she realized that, you know, that Aurora was, was playing with this little unicorn almost like a keychain that she must have just you know picked up and and just kept walking around with and lauren went to go check the receipt and it wasn't 
it wasn't uh starting it wasn't them young Frank. starting them so young you said we're, oh, we gotta go back to michael's today or else i won't be able to sleep starting them young for sure so moving on um a lot of mix this this is this is let me just give a warning there may be some unpopular opinions coming out now and i'm okay with that like i'm just gonna be honest i'm sure frank you will be too desantis to investigate any and all mrna vaccine wrongdoing can we get the trumpets playing please can, can we have a party a celebration some sort of 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 I don't know, parade in his honor? Like, can we do something for this man? I don't... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And, you know, you say, well, you're a little too late. No, I mean, hey, states, I want more states to do stuff like this. It's great. That's why I, I said, please stop begging this man to run for president in 2024. Stop begging him. Let him at least do exactly, fulfill all the years he can give that state. You know what I want to see? I want to see people stop attacking him. I want to see that happen because there's there is no one else doing this right now. No one anywhere. There is nothing to attack this man on, especially not surrounding this. There has been nobody that has held Big Pharma accountable ever, let alone criminally, for goodness damn sakes, okay? People were automatically writing this off because Citadel's his biggest funder, quote. He's a rhino, quote. He's going after President Trump. Nobody knows that at all. Like, nobody even knows that yet. All you have is a rumor mill, right? You sent me a chat. Yeah. What is this? Oh, it's, it's just something to, to, to compliment this, this, this subject whenever you're, you're done making your point. How am I going to do this without everybody seeing it? Can you? Oh, there it is. <laughs> let's see breaking news oh yeah i have this too good okay, okay then no perfect i'm glad you sent this to me anyway we have a bunch of clips to listen to and i know some people don't like that but it's mandatory right now to hear some of what is being said michelle edwards um wrote a column on this for us yesterday and the the comments underneath it really just it bothered me. It really bothered me because this is something amazing. He's sending over referrals to a criminal, a, a grand jury, for goodness sakes. Uh, why do I get the feeling, someone says, and this is their opinion. I'm okay with that. I'm, a, I'm not mad at someone for having an opinion at all. That, that's not what this is. But the opinions are coming from the king of a group directing ire at someone off of a perceived notion that they may do something in the future way too early in my in my in my opinion so donald trump said go get this man and then everybody was like yes sir i will go get like it, it was like okay that's weird i just thought it was weird she says why do i get the feeling he will say what people want to hear and like many others take us to the edge of a resolution and then all is lost never to be heard from again and i say to that what Anyone in Florida in the chat, please let me know. When has Ron DeSantis ever done that? Ever? I I don't know. I mean, but the other the other thing there too is that um, would you rather have somebody start a, a a new pursuit that could potentially lead you to a, an incredible resolution to a humanitarian issue, or not have it started at all? I I, I know. I know. 
I mean, that's that's the only that's the only way you can ever get a resolution. And as you said, the track record track record has been down and and not even just track record, not so much a track record in Florida of having come up with all these ideas and um, and 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 sticking to them. But he's been so far pretty responsive to people in uh, in his state who have put pressure on him to do things. He listens pretty well. Yes. And so anything that Ron DeSantis does now because of this this weird fight that's going on for something that may not even happen, we'll just put that out there, is really, really disconcerting to me because it doesn't matter what he does now, there's a significant group of people that just go after him saying how shitty he is. Excuse my French, I'm writing this down, 26 minutes. I have a whole page full of timestamps. You can't see. I'm not, well, it hasn't been me lately. I know, I know, it's my damn mouth. Um, Because this goes on the radio. I don't know if you guys all knew that out there. This is broadcast on the radio. Um, And so. Anyway. So I I can't stand the the crew of of people that that this is amazing. Let's listen to some clips. I have a whole bunch. Vigilant Fox on Telegram, guys, if you're not listening or if you're not following them, has all these clips. Chief Nerd also does a really good job, especially both of these accounts when it comes to um, COVID stuff. But let's listen to a couple of clips. Well, we'll be able to get the data whether they want to give it or not, uh, because in Florida, you know, it is against the law to mislead and to misrepresent, particularly when you're talking about the efficacy of a drug. Uh, we see just the other uh, just recently, Florida got three point two billion through legal action against those responsible for the opioid crisis. And so it's not like this is something that's unprecedented. So today uh, I'm announcing a, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that. Uh, That will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. uh, And that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. But we'll be able to get the data whether that- You will never hear, I would be shocked if you heard another politician ever holding pharma accountable for anything, let alone criminally. Yeah. Come on. This is- Is it not cheer worthy? Would you not want, I I cheer it on. I'm lost as to why people wouldn't be outside of themselves right now with joy and glee that this is happening at all. Um, I have some more. Here's, okay, so Ron DeSantis brings in as his Surgeon General and one of the first America's frontline doctors in, in Dr. Joseph Latipo. When that happened, I was like, oh crap, wow. Like, talk about ballsy, outside of the box, what should be happening everywhere but never does. Stop attacking a man for doing things like this, please. Whoever's paying him, whatever, right now, this this is, he, when you watch Ron DeSantis speak and talk about this stuff, he doesn't come off like a politician who's trying to placate his constituency. He's authentic. I'm sorry, he is. He means this stuff. He's serious about it. He's He's going to do it. And I don't see anybody paying him off not to, or we wouldn't have gotten to this point. 
We wouldn't have. I'm sorry. There's no need to get to this point in that, in that, like some people would say, oh, it's 5D chess. He's trying to make people think that he's going to do something and then he doesn't do it. And I'm like, no, there's no need to get there. Yeah. After, after a while, after, after a while, I, I had to, uh, you, you just got to stop with the, 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 everybody is controlled op- opposition thing. Um, Obviously, that is something we we face. There's a lot of betrayal out there in politics. It's a terrible, horrible, horrible thing when it comes to government. And um, like for for example, Mitch McConnell, you saw his latest statement about um, how they have the their ability to control the primaries. Blah blah blah. No, I haven't. This is this. It, it, he's such a slime ball. Either way, everything is. What have you done for me lately? And if you're a Floridian, then you uh, you got to be happy with how you came out of at least the last few years Seriously. compared to compared to everybody else. And if that's the case, um, do you throw it? You throw all that away and you just walk around. Oh, it does, doesn't matter if things are going well. Either our governor's controlled opposition. Well, what does that mean? Like sometimes you can drive yourself nuts with this stuff because everybody is so afraid of being tricked now mm-hmm. and they want to everybody wants to look like they have such keen sharp senses about everything where you you just start it's almost a, a form of paranoia yep, yep. and it, it, i don't blame anybody i fall into that too and when i start feeling myself fall into those you know t- chasing your own tail traps that's when i call myself back and i start focusing on things that are um you know, it's a lot more simple and basic again. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a, a rumble rant from Just Revere real quick. Want to say sounds like you wish we'd give DeSantis the chance. Some of us wish you'd give Durham, meaning like you never gave Durham a chance, Beans. And no, I didn't. I gave him a chance up until I realized he was selling us all a line of BS. And then I stopped giving him a chance anymore. I, I haven't gotten I mean, there yet. <laughs> I, I, for years we were talking about we were talking excitedly about what John Durham was doing, what he wasn't doing, how the silence at one point was yep. exciting because that's how you run you know, an investigation. Some, yeah, that's how somebody runs a real investigation. You, you don't go out there and leak nonsense to just form public opinion to the media constantly when you know you don't actually have a case. So I, it was years. Remember, this is all t- 2017 is when we're really 2000 late 2016 into 17 is when this stuff really started percolating. It's 2022. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, he, he was kidding. He was kidding. He was. He put a little jokey face, which is fine. Well, no, I know. But I, I, after a while, it just gets to a point where uh, I don't, uh, you know, it's good to not trust anybody. And that's when you really start, um, you really start me seeing the rubber hit the road there. I, I say this. When it comes to like my opinion and stuff uh, and your opinion, you can take it or leave it. Whatever resonates with you, you take pieces out of that. However you want to do it, that's fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not like known for giving my opinion on things and nor should that be the valuable part of what I do, honestly. Like you can assign whatever value to it you want. Uh, but I'm I'm ne- never asking you to trust me when I'm delivering you information. As a matter of fact, I want you to distrust me and then go back and figure it out again. <laughs> like, don't ever just trust anything that's put out in front of you. The last thing that this person said, Just Revere, is pharma settles with states and feds for billions all the time. But I hope you're right. Yes, but the difference between settling civilly in a, in a case and this is that this is criminal. 
There's a big difference. He's talking about big pharma, Moderna, Pfizer, doctors in Florida, for goodness sakes, breaking the law in Florida and then going to jail. There's the difference. So I've got a couple more clips. Here's Latipo, Dr. Latipo here. Our media has clearly demonstrated so that it is impossible to report accurately on something if you're also taking money from that same something. So what these people did was, what these researchers did was they looked, they performed autopsies on individuals who died suddenly, unexpectedly, without any, any known explanation, any known acute illness within a few weeks of COVID-19 vaccination. And they published their results. And what they found was in, their, in the group of people they looked at, four out of 35 people who they looked at actually had myocarditis. And it was a type of myocarditis that was different from the typical types of myocarditis, which you can get from viruses, many different types of viruses. And specifically, it was a type of myocarditis that they attributed to mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. It is important to know that these people died at home suddenly. So all of the studies that you see about myocarditis, and Tracy raised this point, they are not included in these studies because these people did not show up at hospitals or emergency departments with chest pain or shortness of breath or, or other symptoms that would lead to a diagnosis of myocarditis. These are people who are not counted in any of those estimates that the CDC likes to pretend are accurate. So we are initiating a program here in Florida where we will be studying the incidence in surveillance of myocarditis within a few weeks of COVID-19 vaccination for people who die. This is gonna be a surveillance study using working with some of our medical examiners. And I'm gonna stop it there. Everybody who was moaning and complaining that the, the CDC isn't doing autopsies, the CDC isn't doing this, the CDC isn't doing that. This is groundbreaking. And I'm sure they're going to find more, Frank, than just myocarditis. Even, And I'm sure they know that. They're going to find more than myocarditis in these folks. And that's that's great just to hear to hear that come out of any any kind of official release or address. That's very refreshing to hear. Fantastic. And it's it's DeSantis in Florida. And everybody just stop for a second. Stop your uh, politicized um, crusade against against DeSantis and see this for what it is. It is revolutionary in a time where the biggest crime against humanity has occurred. And we have somebody bold enough to actually come out and speak the truth from an official position inside of government and that deserves our support and respect because for somebody who has covered this and all of you guys have lived this and you've lived this frank for years now to hear this happen albeit too late for my liking but it's happening is such a breath of fresh air and and at least some hope that something will be done um let's let's listen to a little bit more from that i have a couple more clips and then we'll play the one that you you had because it's important also, but let's let's keep listening to to this. So, um, so please, who I think maybe Dr. Bhattacharya yeah, is ahead. next. I'm Jay Bhattacharya, I'm a professor of medicine uh, in the medical school at Stanford University. I uh, I think this has been a tremendously difficult time for uh, basically everybody, but we're near the t- tail end of it, and it's time to start taking stock of what went wrong and 
make reforms so this doesn't happen again. I think the centrally important issue that caused the problems is that we silenced people from expressing their thinking, qualified people from expressing their thinking, and as a result, the decision-making at the top of the, of, the, of the country was absolutely abysmal. When you have censorship, the kinds of suppression of voices, the, the uh, essentially, uh, effectively, a social credit system demeaning people who, who disagree with you know, the CDC or, or whatever, you're going to get bad decisions that don't get checked. And I think that's, uh, I think we have to, we have to discuss that as well as a, a, a large number of other pandemic decision, decisions that harmed the lives of a tremendous number of people, including vaccine mandates and many other things, um, not, not in Florida so much. Um, uh, and I think uh, we owe the American people that. Uh, and, I, and I'm looking forward to, to working uh, in coming years to reform American public health so that when there is another pandemic, we do a much better job than we did this during this one. But that guy... That guy was demonized. The Stanford-educated pinnacle of his field was turned into a pariah because he disagreed with state-run healthcare and bureaucrats and white coats that had no other intention other than slaughtering people. You can't come to any other conclusion, Frank. Yeah, it's it was it was purely psychopathic. They they want to they wanted to kill people. I, I it's can... one. It, it's one thing to say that we. That, I don't know to put together some kind of. Okay, it's one thing to say to discover uh, in Maricopa County the heat maps where Republicans and where Democrats are, and uh, you know we're we're going to do some non-lethal shenanigans to 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 come out of this with a political advantage, cheating. It's another thing to have people getting together and making decisions that they know are going to kill hundreds of thousands of people and then injuring many millions more with the so-called protocols that are going to help uh, help us make us immune to any kind of uh, future outbreaks with these these vaccines it's purely psychopathic so it can't that that part of this cannot be minimized at all in this clip, he says, um, your policies, your positions, or your analysis of this medical science should stand on its own. And if it's not able to accept criticism, if you can't defend the policy against valid criticism, then maybe you need to be looking in the mirror. But that's not what these elites wanted to do. They wanted to just cocoon themselves from any criticism and try to denigrate anyone that had a different way of thinking. And I'd say it's worse. It's worse. And then they've got Tracy Hogue on, who who talks about her recent... Um, her recent paper, what the despicable risk benefit analysis is for college age students when they get this vaccine. I mean, it is it is putrid. It's terrible. And yet we've still got colleges mandating this thing for people. And hold on. There was one other one that I wanted to watch. Um, he talks about Fauci. Oh, a bill he's introducing to, to protect doctors First Amendment rights to let them speak out. There's, there's a whole bunch, but let's go and play your clip. Here we go. Madam Deputy Speaker, it's also been brought to my attention by a whistleblower from a very reliable source that one of these institutions is covering up clear data that reveals the mRNA vaccine increases inflammation of the heart arteries. They are covering this up in fear that they may lose funding from the pharmaceutical industry the lead of that cardiology, cardiology research department has a prominent leadership role uh, with the British Heart Foundation. And I'm very disappointed to say that, that he has sent out non-disclosure agreements 
to his research team to ensure that this important data never sees the light of day. This, Madam Deputy Speaker, is, is an absolute disgrace. It's, it's happening Speaker, it's more also and been more brought to my attention now. by a whistleblower. It's happening more and more now. This isn't going away. This isn't one of those things that they're going to be able to sweep under the rug. They're coming out now and saying Moderna's like, oh, we have a seven-shot mRNA. See, everything's going to be mRNA from here on out. Everything. Everything. Doesn't matter how safe it is, how how unsafe it is. Moderna and Merck announced a progress in a vaccine against skin cancer. Um, that's going to be mRNA. The flu vaccines... There was a paper that came out in nature.com. Uh, Wendy shared it in our um, in our chat that we have for the Uncovered DC. She, and, and she quoted from it, immunization is the most effective way to launch this antibody production against, against COVID. Getting infected with the virus itself also triggers the process, but to a lesser extent. You know, the, the old natural way is a good way of going about it, but not as good as us. God has nothing on us. Yeah, for real. For real. In, in, in fact, God couldn't even have made your DNA as, as good as we can remake it. Leave it to us. Uh, I, 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 there was one other clip. Um, I think it might, no, it's not that one. I, I had, I thought I had another one, um, but I don't. Um, I have a couple things like towards the end here. If you want to talk about um, Sam Bankman Freed. Oh, that he's crying anti-Semitism now? I mean, besides all that, the interesting... Um, <laughs> Can you imagine that? You steal billions of dollars and you say, they're just doing this because I'm Jewish. There's this call. <laughs> this kid. First of all, between this one and the girlfriend, can you talk about a more cartoon character-like group than you've ever seen in your life? Just on a superficial level. They look like cartoon characters. Yes. Well, I mean, and he and he looked a lot more cartoonish when his uh, what I mean, obviously, when you're making that much money and there's got to be some stress in knowing that one day you're going to trip up. But he was obviously eating a lot. He was eating a lot of his money because I saw pictures of him just a couple of years ago and his hair is more prominent because his face is smaller. Now he's uh, he's kind of like ballooning with his hair and it's not as distinguished. So you you can tell that he and his cartoon friends that that chipmunk girlfriend of his, um, the, the uh, <laughs> she has a chipmunk, weird Bef weird chipmunk, very weird, and she like it's it's almost like Gates except they were never quite as successful because they were stupid. Um, Bill Gates, the way he started out, like you know somebody who used to get made fun of in high school and then turns into a narcissistic dictator. That's what these two remind me of, but they weren't that smart. Yeah, Sharon says they look like uh, comic book villains. Agreed. But I just want to address before we move on some of the, uh, the DeSantis stuff. Someone in the chat here is saying, um, I support Mike De uh, I support Ron DeSantis with a healthy bit of skepticism. And I will tell you, you should support everybody with a healthy dose of skepticism. Literally. Not just DeSantis. That should be how you approach everyone because everybody <clears throat> everybody has something and it's up to you how you weight those things. Everyone has something. Hmm. Turley, Jonathan Turley says that Bankman Freed was arrested to stop him from talking. 
because he was incriminating himself too much. Oh. Oh, so, you know, that, and that's the other thing there. Too. That's an interesting take. I would like to read that article. Um, I was wondering, of course, when the when the news of him getting arrested came out a couple of days ago, first thing I said to myself was oh, that the New York Times or or um, Bloomberg, whoever was hosting all of these seminars uh, in which he was still a round table member he was still zooming in <laughs> to talk about things uh that that george uh what, what's his name uh, um who's the stephanopoulos yep sitting him down and 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 giving him opportunities to to hit softball questions and it, i mean i can't believe the people that surrounded this guy in the weeks after his exposure and you you can tell that he's there's something out. He's plugged so deeply into their uh, their inner circles and outer circles that they had to lay help him lay some kind of groundwork of of uh, uh, appealing to the the, uh, the the public in a favorable way. Because why the hell would anybody treat with him after you know nobody treated Bernie uh, Bernie Madoff like that? No, but there's two there's differences between Madoff and and Bankman Freed. Big, big differences. Madoff turned himself in. Madoff's sons and him basically turned themselves in. Madoff said, I did all of this. They tried to give Madoff a pass. They, they said to him, are you sure it wasn't a mistake here? Are you sure it wasn't? And he's like, nope, I did this all on purpose. He copped to the whole thing. No questions asked. He he confessed to at a level that was impossible to ignore. Otherwise, I'm telling you, it would have been swept under the rug and they would have done something to save Bernie Madoff because of the embarrassment and heartache it caused so many people. Like I didn't know I didn't I didn't know about um Turley did a comparison. Wow, okay. Yeah. So th- they couldn't save Madoff if they wanted to. Bankman Freed on the other hand isn't doing that, but Let's just read the beginning of this because he he's a criminal defense attorney. This makes this is great analysis. I really liked the arrest of Sam Bankman Freed yesterday was sudden and unexpected in light of his plan to testify before Congress. As a criminal defense attorney, my reaction to the arrest last night remains unchanged. This is the first time I can recall where prosecutors moved aggressively to stop a defendant from making self-incriminating statements. His testimony would have been entirely admissible and likely devastating at trial. I previously wrote how Bankman-Fried was doing harm to his case by speaking in the media and to Congress. So why would the Justice Department move to stop the self-inflicted damage? You have a major target who was about to voluntarily testify for hours. That's ordinarily a dream for prosecutors, but the Justice Department moved quickly to prevent that from happening. At that stage, Bankman-Fried wasn't charged or in custody. He wasn't protected by Miranda or other constitutional rules from self-incriminating statements. Indeed, some of us had already warned he was causing himself considerable damage in making such statements. This was a defendant with a large legal team facing possible criminal charges who seemed eager to speak about his actions and motivations. Most prosecutors would sit back, make popcorn, and watch this unfold. The curious move led many to question whether the Biden administration was eager to prevent questions on Bankman Freed's political contributions and associations. He was the second highest donor to Democrat causes in the last election cycle. His mother, a law professor at Stanford, also heads a major Democrat campaign fund. It's also possible the Justice Department simply wanted to show the public that it was moving aggressively despite his close Democrat ties. It may have secured sufficient evidence to satisfy the basis for charges, 
blah, blah, blah. Yet, that still doesn't explain why the Justice Department would not want to hear a full account from Bankman-Fried before effectively shutting him down as a criminal defendant. This is the first time I can recall where the prosecutors, rather than defense counsel, moved effectively to muzzle a defendant. Uh, see, I did not pick up on any of this being a uh, get him off the streets and stop. I didn't pick up on any of that, which is very interesting. But then again, I, I don't uh, I'm not I'm not concentrating on the same things that that, that Turley is. Yeah. But um, that's 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 really interesting. So what he thinks. I'm trying to compare this to how Ghislaine Maxwell was treated. Because that trial oh. was obviously everybody in the courtroom was working together. The judge wanted a promotion. The pros- <laughs> the prosecution was working to get him get her in and out without uh, doing anything. All the lead up to that trial was like this game of chicken between Ghislaine Maxwell and the feds. Everybody wanted things unredacted and redacted at the same time. Nobody wanted to have the other person revealed truly. But they it, but it's all about how do we play to the public in a acceptable enough way. For them to think like real justice is being done right now. I have to read that whole Turley thing. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes and I'll text it to you. Um, That's didn't day. even consider that could be like that. I didn't either. When I read that, I was like, ding, this is this is some really brilliant legal take here. But Turley is pretty brilliant, honestly. So I, I don't agree with everything he says, um, but that was pretty good. Um, really quickly, before we move on to some of this Yoel Roth nonsense which ties back into Ghislaine Maxwell, in my opinion. Um, Carrie Lake had a hearing yesterday in her case. Um, It was really a scheduling hearing, and there was no motion to dismiss in front of the judge, so he wasn't necessarily going to decide yesterday to to just get rid of this case and not hear it. But if it was very weak, he could have. It's not very weak. It's actually pretty damn strong, and they're moving forward. So on a very rapid timetable... Friday, the motion to dismiss by the by the defendants is due. Saturday, they get to respond. The plaintiffs, Carrie Lake's team. So I'm going to be very busy this weekend. Sunday, the response to the response comes. So then the defendants get to respond to the plaintiffs' motion to dismiss. It basically the defendants who are Katie Hobbs write a motion to dismiss. Then Katie. Um, Carrie Lake gets to respond to it and say why it's bunk. And then Katie Hobbs gets to respond to Carrie Lake's response and say why she doesn't agree with it. That's Sunday. And then an evidentiary hearing, if if the judge doesn't dismiss the case after hearing those arguments or reading those arguments, an evidentiary hearing will be that next week. Um, I think it's Wednesday. Bear with me a moment. Bear with me. I have it. Um... Come on, come on, come on. Oh, uh, oral arguments on 1219, trial the 21st and the 22nd. So they're going to be in court arguing the motion to dismiss between the parties on the 19th, which is next week, early next week. What day? Um, Monday? Monday. Oh, yeah. The 19th 19th is Monday. Yeah, and then the 21st and the 22nd is like the trial. Wednesday, Thursday. Yep. Yep. Which this is this is this is great because that's quick quick it, this no, none of this has happened ever okay we'll just put it that way this has not happened ever in an election con- no, no, never no 2020 lawsuit got here none zero goose eggs 
Well, let's hope for some luck. Hama- we can use we can use a little victory here. Hamaday, I've been saying his name incorrectly this whole time. Hamaday's lawsuit is also filed, is also kind of following the same track. He takes a different, all three of the lawsuits take a different tack, Frank. The Carrie Lake lawsuit alleges that, like, the things that we've talked about already, um, and, you know, the run back employee and all of that stuff and all of the different issues. Mark Fincham. You think the heat maps are going to make a late, uh, a late, <laughs> a late addition to some kind of. I don't know. Some kind of cir- circumstantial <laughs> evidence or whatever. I don't know. That would be interesting. I'm like craving the day where I read a congressional like letter and an uncovered DC articles linked in there as, as a source. Or you guys are called in as a as a witness. Or they just talk about us in a hearing. That's yeah. like my pipe dream. Once that happens, I'll be like, okay, we've made it to the next level. Because what we're <laughs> just it would be great. Um so Hamadi's lost uh, Hamaday. I have to get that in my head. Hamaday's lawsuit is different. Says we're not alleging fraud. We're not alleging purposeful fraud. He's only missing. He's only 500 votes short. So his lawsuit focuses on a different sort of a tack. Fincham's lawsuit is on the bulk of it is on the criminal threats that Katie Hobbs made to individual supervisors. Like if you don't if you don't certify this, we're going to put you in jail. A good bulk of it is that. I'm going to just be honest. Personally, I think that Carrie Lake's lawsuit is the... I think that Hamaday's lawsuit is the most meticulous and to the letter in -hmm. terms of legal strategy. I think that Carrie Lake's is the strongest in terms of like hard evidence behind it in, in in the form of whistleblowers and affidavits and all kinds of stuff and actual physical numbers they have. And I think that Fincham's is the weakest um, in in a number of different ways. Not to say that it's not a. I just wouldn't bank on it. We'll put it that way. From from you know, a continuation standpoint. Anyway. That's okay. It. So there's that. Um, now I'm going to give you a choice. <laughs> Do you want to end the show hearing the story of how the governor of South Carolina targeted me personally, or? Do you want to talk about Yoel Roth and him tweeting all kinds of things about Anthony Weiner and being what you would consider at this point a pedophile, like or looking like he supports them at least? Yoel Roth is a is a um, a deviant creep for sure. Um, it's, so what are these what are these old, old tweets that they 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 pop that have popped up or old blog posts about yeah. Weiner? What and what was he saying? He was saying, hold on, I had it here. He said that Anthony Weiner is an effing saint. Yoel Roth defended Anthony Weiner's underage sect sting in blog post wiped from internet. A saint? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you could perhaps at a time you can doubt that he was doing what he was doing and 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 be hesitant about you know th- throwing around accusations, but a saint? I mean. I mean, you remember when this all happened, Huma Abedin had to leave him and it was all the Wiener laptop was like the, the, he's sending he's sending nudes to to, to underage girls in, uh, in other states as he's laying in bed next to his like three year old son. Like he, he was sending like crotch shots yep. with his son in the background yeah. on the same bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. 
It's just a saint. Yeah, well, he's I mean, he this unearthed blog post as per Natalie Winters, by the way. Um, deleted since its publication on July 1st, 2011, follows controversy over Roth's past tweets and PhD thesis for appearing to promote pedophilia. Under his tenure, Twitter also had a notoriously lax approach to the censorship of child pornography on the platform. I always used to say my periscope on on government corruption was more harmful, quote, than like pornography and pedophilia on Twitter. There was a time where we had a group that would just literally report periscopes with pedophilia in them all day long, all day long. And they would just run roughshod over the whole platform. You knew where to find it. It was there. Sometimes by accident, it stumbled. And it's a crime. Anyway. Well, I know that that yesterday the headlines were that uh, Elon Musk disbanded the trust and safety board because, of course, they they were just they were there not to uh, do any of those things or protect children. They're actually there to sidestep that issue and continue on with the uh, that heat map form of policy. Um, just to let everybody know before we go, maybe Friday I'll tell the story of how the governor of South Carolina and the lieutenant governor. They called you up by name? They had meetings with one another to get rid of me. Wow. I'll tell that story Friday, so make sure you come back on Friday. But I just want to remind everyone that my account on Twitter is still permanently suspended. Just saying. Um... I bet you anyone it's going to be like a Merry Christmas kind of a thing. That would be nice. I have things I need to say. Okay. So you have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Frank does his show Monday through Friday at QuiteFrankly.tv at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also hear us or watch us live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Rumble and Getter. Until Friday, Frank. Later.